Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm a weirdo. I've always been a weirdo. I've always felt different from everybody else. I, and I, I can't explain it. There's no tangible concrete words it's just something in me that I always felt like I think differently than other people like I I don't know I can't even now like as an adult I can't explain it but I just know that there's something off maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit a little quirky a little weird and I've embraced it I've totally embraced it so Yeah. yeah I've always been drawn to the dark Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, though I'm sure he will come up, as he often does. We are on the horror and fantasy train. We are talking to my new friend, Maria. Welcome to the podcast, Maria. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. So I'm going to try to be as entertaining as I can because Maria had trouble going to sleep last night and she had to work all day. (laughs) And so I need to keep her entertained. So hopefully we'll have a engaging conversation. So tell us a little about yourself. I'm an author. I write dark fantasy and horror for young adults and adults. I'm also a teacher. So that's like my gig, I guess. I don't know. Consumes most of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just, a, I'm a pretty wacky kind of, kind of chick. What, where do you teach and what grade? I teach in Florida. There's this little town called Lithia okay. and I teach seventh grade language arts. So I teach the kids how to read and write and all that fun yeah. stuff. And I also teach, which is, I teach a really cool class, journalism. Okay. Okay. And it's like half eighth grade, half seventh grade, and we do the yearbook for the school. So that's neat. Maria, you mentioned that before we discussed, you asked about our language restrictions. I told her to feel free. So now I'm going to get you right. I'm going to pull you offside right away. How are you feel being a teacher in the Florida atmosphere? People ask me this all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. Kind of, I was, I'm sorry. I asked the same question as everyone. No, 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 no. Just in general, because obviously yeah. the climate of everything going on, I have to be honest. I, yeah. I don't have any problem. That's great. I don't have any problem. I, I haven't had, I haven't had any issues. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that my kids trust me. Yeah. So everything's cool. They law right. and I'm, I'm managing and is the is your school administrators supportive? Absolutely. And so is that part of the reason why? Because 
I would think most of them are, especially, um, and absolutely, once you get to college, you should be exploring a lot of different thoughts and feelings. But in, in junior high, you need to help the kids express themselves and learn about different things. So good for you. I know it's a hard job. It's a rewarding job, uh, I hope. No, it is. It is. Yeah. So I usually, I'm going to ask this question two ways. I usually start when I have someone who's a passionate music fan. What kind of music did your family listen to growing up? I am going to ask you that question. But when you answer that, then I want to know, were you a family of readers growing up? I always like to ask my writers then. Okay. So which which one do you want to answer Let's first? Let's do music first, and then we'll talk uh, reading. Okay. So growing up, my parents, they were into the oldies, I guess you could say, stuff from the 50s and 60s. My dad, really into the Beatles, really into the Rolling Stones. My mom, super into Kenny Rogers. So I grew up on this weird blend of country, classic rock, oldies kind of music. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And did you embrace that music or were you a rebel and found your own voice music pretty soon and then when you hit earlier I often find this that people will rebel against their parents music and then when they turn 30 they'll go that Johnny Cash guy wasn't that bad yes that's you know what it's so funny that you say that because I'm smiling ear to ear because that's exactly what happened yeah so as a teenager teenage angst I'm the weird freak gothic chick and heavy metal kill your mother kill your father kind of music and it was expressive it 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 spoke to me it made me feel like it was okay to be angry at the world at this weird time in my life the whole nine yards right the whole teenage angst thing sure absolutely yeah yes I rebelled I totally went against oh your music sucks I hate right something weird happened when I was like in high school I don't know Later on in high school, college, maybe I developed this like weird crush on Kenny Rogers, (laughs) right? Like I thought it hot in a weird, like country old man dad way. And I really then appreciated his music. And then in college being open, being more open, not to just the Pantera and the Nirvana and the fear factor and all that stuff, right? Slipknot. I circled back and and really appreciated the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And okay, yeah, I I, I could jam to this. I'm very eclectic in in my music. That's interesting. Yeah, I I find there are two kinds. My guests can go into general two topics where they never abandoned their parents' music, but just expanded their horizon. Or as Mm -hmm. I said earlier, they totally went against it. And then as their adulthood, they discovered that there was some beauty and music in that. I always, I quote this often, but Penn Gillette from the Magic Team, Penn and Teller, talks about that when he hears a teenager saying they love classic rock, he gets almost angry. No, you are not supposed yeah. to like your parents' music. You should be, in- rock and roll is finding that music your parents hate or right. you think they're going to hate, even if they actually like it, because it's all part of the rebellion and growing up. That's yeah, neat. Yeah. All right. So let's flip. Family of readers? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah. No. Now, were you um, a reader? Up until about ninth grade. Okay. I hate reading. Okay. But what's my thing? My 
my dad was a storyteller and I, t I tell the story all the time. He would sit me down and he would read not like books or anything. He would read me the newspaper, the magazine, the back of a cereal box. He'd sit me on his yeah. lap and he'd whatever, read to me. And then one time he just didn't have anything to read. So he made up a story okay. and the story was a, this fractured fairy tale. And I was so like, whoa, dad, he's got it going on. Like he's a storyteller. Like I want to do that. So that like really inspired me to want to tell my own stories. And, um, but as far as reading my mom, they never, I don't know, they just never encouraged it or they just let me do my own thing. Sad story as an adult, as a writer, my mom never read any of my books ever. Mm. And yeah, it was, it's a sad story. It will never leave me. She yeah. passed away almost two years ago. So it's, ah, damn you woman. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so not quite as sad, but my wife never listens to my podcast. <laughs> oh, I feel for you. I know she was proud of you, though. I have she no was. doubt she was proud of you. Yeah, she was in her own yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's as a dad, I wonder how much am I effing up my son, right? <laughs> right? Just because it goes that way. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like you may have wanted to be a writer but based on that you wanted to be a storyteller is that a distinction you felt no i wanted to be a writer okay you did i did i did i wanted i wanted to walk into a bookstore and point at a shelf and be like that's mine i did that like i i wanted to have that and i wanted i think i partially i wanted it to give to my dad because I'm like, okay, spark this in me. So now I want to show you what I'm going to do with it. I, I did. I, I think early on, I really did want to be a writer. Yeah. And in some uh, capacity. Okay. And does that make sense? yeah, it does. It does. Okay. Why this genre? I'm weird. Okay. There's nothing I'm... wrong with that. I love that. Oh yeah. No. Okay. Yes. Are you the cool teacher at school in, yeah. in junior high? Yeah, you have that burden. Look, I don't want to toot my own gift. horn. No, it's a, my grandfather used to say it's a poor frog who won't croak over his own pond. But you're like, <laughs> what the hell does that mean, Grandpa? But look, like I hold up my like you. Yes. I'm all my whole body. I'm all tatted up. I've got the yeah. piercing. I've got I dress in black all the time. I talk to the kids like they're people. Sure. Not like they're my subordinates. I talk right. to them like they're actual human beings. Yeah. And I just have a really good rapport with them. And I think it starts there. I guess if you want to say, I, yeah, maybe I am. Yeah, of course you're the cool teacher. Are How much of the double takes do you get on parent-teacher night? At first, yes. Okay. At first, yes. But now I've been a teacher at this one school, this, the same school for 19 years now. Okay. You They're like, used to me. You were like, like 10 when you started? I didn't know. <laughs> I've been sorry. teaching for 24 years. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, no, so they're used to me. They see me. They're like, oh, that crazy lady. Yeah. Yeah. And also because siblings have come back and said, oh, you're going to love Miss Devio, right? You're going to yeah. love Mrs. D. Yeah. yeah she's totally. Miss D is the greatest. Yeah. 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. What do you... I'm really looking forward to hearing the Mary question from you. So I'm going to hold off getting to the end i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go through the vegetables and entree before i get to dessert but i'm looking forward to that question the what what was the when you decided to start telling stories and writing and you talked about you always felt a little bit you liked being a little bit weird and working in the dark was there a story immediately you thought i think i want to get this on paper tell me about it. yes <laughs> Yes. And it's so funny how like everything always intertwines with my teaching life. I don't know. So do we have time for a little story? Always. We have all the time in the world. Yeah. So I wanted to write. I I knew I always wanted to write. Always wanted to be a writer. Right. I'm teaching in New York because I lived there my whole life. Right. Okay. And I moved 19 years ago. Right. I'm teaching in New York. I'm teaching at a Catholic school and it's Christmas time. And I come in, we're having this big old Christmas party. And I come in this black velvet dress and I got a black velvet Santa Claus hat on. Right. And all the kids are like, Oh oh my God, you look like a bad elf. You look like, Oh, and I go, I switched. Like I like, it was like instant. I go, yeah. 
you're all getting coal in your stocking. And I started relating this idea. I'm going to be the elf. I'm going to give them coal. And and then I like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We all know the legend. If you're bad, you're getting coal in your stocking, right? Who puts it there? How does it get there? We we don't know really much beyond that. So I took a post. I took a post-it note and I wrote the coal elf and I slapped it in a binder and I was like, okay, I had that idea in my head for years and years. And then like, I moved to Florida, I got married, moved to Florida, had a kid, everything was going great. And I'm like, I got to write that story. Like I, I have to, I had that idea in my head for years. And I was like, I got to get this out. And my husband was like, freaking do it. Yeah. So I did it. Awesome. So what is that? What's the name of that uh, book? Okay, so it's The Coal Elf. Okay. And basic premise is it's elves at the North Pole who mine coal for the naughty kids at Christmas. And it's their story. That is awesome. And that was your first, your first series, your first book? Yep, my first book, my first series, my first labor of love. Lots of blood, sweat, and tears went into that thing. <laughs> yeah. And did you, did it just feel natural to explore that genre and tell those stories? It, I'm fascinated by the premise right away. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, no, it did. It felt like when I was writing that, obviously it was my first book. I'd, I'd never done that before. I've yeah. always written like short stories and poetry and whatever. Yeah. But this was my first stab at a full-length novel but the genre felt it it was home like this was and that story that series is dark fantasy there's scary parts whatever but it's more for young adults it's more for I wrote that for my kids for middle school adults like it as well but it's more for them and then from there I increase and I'm like okay I, I I found myself I found my voice and I really took off into like more adult Genre. Okay. What was your next section? What was your next series that you wanted to explore? So then after I did the, the coal elf stuff, I moved on to uh, zombies. Okay. <laughs> zombies with a twist. Okay. Um, so I wrote my altered series. It's called the altered and it's about a zombie virus that breaks out. People start eating each other and all sure. that's how it goes. That happens. But a cure is found. It happens, right? It happens. But a cure is found. And people who were infected with the virus are now transformed, but they're not human. And they're not zombie. They're altered. Okay. So this is that's their story. And how do they fit back into society and all that? Yeah. And that one got more adult as... So the Koloff stuff is more like the cutesy. Altered. Yeah. Got more More, intense. More intense? Yeah. Okay. Good. Do you have a preference of, or is it two different muscles doing the young adult fantasy or doing the adult and adult, but I'm more serious, not necessarily, though you may do a little bit erotica. I don't know. Okay, good. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, when I say adult. Okay, adult. adult. Okay. There is, it's different. I have to temper myself when I'm writing in the young adult genre, obviously, because I can get pretty wild. I did enjoy it. I did like writing, but I think I'm more suited for the adult material. And I just, I needed to write in the YA in order to find myself. Like I said before, like I found my voice. 
And yeah. I, I feel more comfortable writing the darker, sexy stuff. That's my thing. That's what I like. Yeah. So you've done elves, you've done zombies. What else? I've done angels and demons. Oh, okay. That's always a fun kind of genre to explore. Yeah. Basic premise is angels in heaven. She's an angel in heaven. She's got to come down to earth to help this human boy on his journey in life. And she falls in love with him. Okay. It's a romance, but all hell breaks loose because that can't happen. And uh, yeah, it gets very biblical. Okay. Alternate biblical. Do you have to do a lot of research for something like that, a series? Yes. But I grew up in the Catholic Church, so I had a very solid understanding of Bible verse and uh, all of that stuff, right? All the religious Catholic Christian dogma. And yeah, so I was able to use my own knowledge. And then obviously I did do a lot of research, but yeah, I had a backing. So yeah, what's what's a what is a uh, a genre or a what sounds like you love taking and this is a good thing a cliche trope and making your own is there another one that you're itching to scratch not right now okay not right now i am working on my saga so that's my witches series okay and that is going to be 10 books oh wow i'm currently writing book six okay so I've got four more to go after this one. So I, I need to see that through. And it's so intense and so interconnected that like each book is a standalone novel. Like you can read the series in any order, yeah. but I have to keep all my ducks in a row. I'm, I'm very into this series. When I'm done with that, I don't know. It depends on where my brain takes me. <laughs> okay, good. Do you think you have interest in doing something less genre? just to for a change of pace i haven't really thought about it okay i haven't no that's a lie that's a lie okay i was watching my husband and i we watch true crime shows every night and we came across this one called disappeared and we saw this one we're watching this episode about this girl she was out in the woods blah 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 yeah and i said to him "Uh oh wouldn't it be funny if i wrote a serial killer comedy and i had this idea in my head and he goes no don't do that (laughs) He's like, no, that's not you. Don't do that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but it might be fun to explore that. I Are you a reader now? Or do you spend most time writing that you don't get a chance to read? No, I can't. Between, I read student essays. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, and I feel bad. I know I should read more. I know I just, I suck at it. I'm so bad because I'm like, reading a book and I go, oh, I could be writing. You know, um, I often hear when I listen to podcasts with show creative people that are TV runners or showrunners or writers, they will talk about that they can't, like if they do a drama TV show, they can't watch another drama because they just, they're critiquing it too much why did they do the act break there what did they do i would have done this right. differently so they'll watch reality or comedies and the same right. thing a comedy writer or something says no i have to watch as you said true crime or dramas because it it's too hard 
to get your mind out of, oh, why did they do that choice and what's going on? I think sometimes some people still continue to love to read, but there are other people that I need to get out of side my area because it just, it's too much in my head. Yeah, there's a definite fine line between the analytical and the creative. Yeah. And I feel, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So I want to go back to teaching. You said literature. So what is being taught nowadays? I remember reading, I went to high school in the dark ages. I graduated high school in 77. So I remember- No, you did not. Yes, I did. Yes. No, I you did not. Said, yes. And I remember like reading The Crucible and other things. So what what is being taught now? What are your students enjoying or you're having them enjoy? <laughs> I'm forcing them yes. to enjoy. <laughs> because we're in this TikTok era now, right? Yes. Our lovely county. We have this curriculum that is very, and I'll be the first- want to say it. it it's I don't like it yeah remember back in the day we used to read full-length novels sure the t- we'd do a four-week thing a one month read the book nah, do the questions all that and deep dive it's not like that anymore it's a lot of nonfiction text okay. it's a lot of excerpts from novels mm. we read one novel in seventh grade what is that the epic fail of Arturo Zamora I have and no idea what that... it's a newer book. It's okay. a newer book. It's not anything classic. Okay. My my daughter's in ninth grade. And she told me the other day, she's oh yeah, we read this poem called Beowulf. And I was like, oh, you read Beowulf? You yeah. didn't tell me you were reading Beowulf? She's like, we just read like a little piece of it. Yeah. How do, how do you not read all of Beowulf? Like I don't remember Beowulf, but I remember reading The Ancient Mariner. Oh, and yay! was fascinated by that. I, I think sometimes, and I was always, I've always been a reader. I'm just someone who my mom used to say, if you put Jesse Wayne in a corner with a book, he could sit there for hours. And and I remember sometimes it was really cool that Mrs. Weeks, who was my high school English teacher, she was also my homeroom teacher, be like, okay, we can either read blank, the book that's in the textbook, or if everyone will order, we can watch we can read I don't remember, the pig man or something i don't just vaguely there was a more modern paperback that we yeah. all got through scholastic so we could read and i sometimes think that would be like maybe something from john green or something to say to try to maybe make a child wake that love of reading yeah. uh so yeah it's hard yeah it's hard um yeah. we recently a couple weeks ago we read annabelle lee I read okay. with the kids. Yeah. And they dug that. They liked that a lot. And I was like, all right, if you like Annabelle Lee, let's get go more into Poe. Let's go tell tell yeah. art. Let's do the Raven. Let's so that was cool. I got to see the excitement for that. And we also did, we read the teleplay, Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, Rod Serling. And in our textbook, it's a snippet. And I was like, screw that. I'm not no. you you cannot read yeah. Rod Serling snippet. No, so we no, read no. the whole thing. And we acted it out. They were like, they were really hyped about it. So it's hit or miss. And did it's also you, seventh grade. Did you guys watch the teleplay then after you guys yes. had read it? That's cool. Of course. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. We did a little compare and contrast. And then I showed them, there was a 2002 version where Forrest Whitaker was the the host. 
Yeah. And they had revived the Twilight Zone. It only lasted one season, but they did, they updated the Monsters Are Due on Maple Street and we did a compare contrast and it was really cool. It was cool. That sounds very cool. Good, cool. What do you wish you could cover if you, if they gave you, okay, you've got a couple weeks or whatever would be the right amount of time to cover something. What would you want to cover? they took it away from me see yeah. we in seventh grade we used to be able to teach the outsiders se hinton which i is, loved that book in junior high yes. stay gold pony boy i keep meaning to buy it again and read it as an adult i remember loving that book yeah so that book yeah. fundamentally changed my life tell me like that was the book that I read it in seventh grade yeah. and I remember my teacher telling us that, oh, Essie Hinton was 14 when she wrote this. And when she was walking off her, you know, getting her diploma from high school, there were people down at the bottom of the stage handing her a contract to have this book published. And I remember saying, wow, if Essie Hinton can do that at 14 and, and write this book at 14, I'm going to do that. And I was, I just... I fell in love with the characters. I fell in love with that book. And that was the book that made me say, yes, I am going to be a published author. We used to be able to teach the outsiders and then they took it away from us. Is it so on that, the bad list or? No, they said it was too young for seventh grade. So they moved it up to eighth grade. Okay. And and then the eighth graders are like, no, we don't want to read this. So now they're reading some other bullshit. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, I told you, you're good. I know. I uh, just... Yeah, no, you're good. I think that's, I, I love that there, I do not have that, that one book that made that, made me change or something life affirming, but I love that story that, and I imagine, um, I'll tell a similar story that's not about me, but someone else. A guy named Mark Evanier that has written for all kinds of books. He's written TV. He was the executive producer and writer for the Garfield comic cartoon show forever. Yeah. He does Gru and all this other stuff. And he was in an elevator once and Dick Van Dyke was there. And he said, I just want to let you know that I adore the Dick Van Dyke show. And Dick Van Dyke stopped him and said, you watched the show and you said, I want to be a writer because I get to hang out with people like Buddy and Sally and I get to marry Tyler Moore. And Mark uh -huh. goes, yes. He said, you'd be surprised how many people tell me that story. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine if you were telling Essie Hinton, she would, and, and this was with love in his heart. It wasn't Dick Van Dyke was belittling him he was just going right you are not alone in this influence right i'm sure essie hint would go thank you i every time i hear that story and i hear it a lot it brings me joy i'm sure i'm sure i am sure she hears that constantly <laughs> yeah all right you've influenced me i am going to i'm going to order the kindle version i'm going to watch that i'm going to read it again i mean you know, yeah. yeah i i remember my son hated to read um, and just, he still doesn't like to read very much. And in fact, he 
I told him, I said, you can't get through high school without reading a book. And when he graduated, I said, told you I could. Really? You're <gasps> bragging about that? What? And then <laughs> after he graduated college, he said, Dad, class is a lot easier if you actually read the book. <laughs> you think? Yeah. You think? And his, my co, I, I was a Cub Scout leader and my co-leader was Miss Renee, who was a librarian. And he was telling that story to her. And she's, oh, Chris. And he said, yeah, it turns out if you actually read the book, show up at class every day, it's a lot easier to pass. And her husband, Mark, said, Chris, you will find that half the battle in real life is showing up every day, being prepared. He said, that is Amen. more than half the battle. Uh, Amen. Yeah. So anyway, on his summer readings was Holes, right? And I, he never cared about it. I read it and was like, oh, my God, what a clever book. What a yes. book that is just so put together well. Yeah. Yeah. I just I was like, please read this. And he's like, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about music a little bit. You mentioned, hey. tell me your favorite band. My favorite band of all time is a band called Fear Factory. Okay. And how did you... When did you discover them and what about their music spoke to you? Okay. So I was in high school. It was actually like senior year. Yeah. Senior year. It was 95. Okay. And uh, I graduated in 1995. So now I'm aging myself. Okay. I'm in my room and I was hanging out and a friend of mine comes over and he's put the CD in right now. And I'm like, okay. So I put in, I had this giant stereo that was a six CD changer with like yeah. the dual cassette tape that I saved up all my money all high school and uh, this thing was like $750 you, re you okay. remember I'm like all right so I put in the CD and he's like, all right go to this go to this song right so I go to the song and it starts playing and it was like I had never heard anything like that before it blends industrial music with rock and then just the vocals it's like that screaming like heavy metal scream like the growl but then the vocalist does like this clean vocal singing over it and it's like this harmony and at the end of the song it's called zero signal and at the end of the song there's like this piano mix and it was just so beautiful and it I don't know, it was so heavy and so aggressive, but yet it was so beautiful at the same time. And I was like, wow, I've never heard anything like this. And it just like touched my soul a little bit. And I was hooked. The I, I asked this question and I preface this when I have someone like a Bruce fan on my podcast that the amount of times you've seen your favorite band is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. There are people no. that have never seen Bruce perform live that are massive fans. There's other people that because they grew up in the right era, living in the New England, Jersey area, have seen them hundreds of times. But of have you been able to see them perform live? And if so, do you count? Three. Three times. Okay. Yep. Three times. <laughs> yeah. When was the first time? Oh, geez. The first time was in the early 2000s. Okay. They were an opening band. And then I saw them again shortly thereafter and then i saw them again uh, th those two times were in new york and then i saw them again in florida 2000 i want to say 2006 yeah yes 2006 yeah 
talk to me about young Maria going to see her favorite band the first time. Tell me that experience. Oh my God. That was a trip. That yeah. was a trip. I was like on cloud nine. So I don't know too many people who could fall asleep at a heavy metal concert, but that would be me. The opening band, I was not like a fan of whatever. And they were a really heavy band called Lamb of God. And uh, I sat in the back and I popped my head back up on the wall and I just passed out, right? Listening to okay. the beat, whatever. And then when they came on, when they were like getting ready, like the change stage, I shot right up. I ran to the front of the, the mosh pit area and my husband comes right up behind me and he's like, all right, I got, you know, like I got to protect you <laughs> yeah. because I'm a little girl, like I'm little and I'm in this mosh pit, a violent mosh pit with all these like big dudes fighting each other over this heavy metal music. And I'm just like, ah, in my glory. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Are there, are there songs of theirs or albums that you go to on a regular basis that kind of speak to you or when you're needing refreshment or needing to be inspired? Yes, absolutely. Their second album, Demanufacture. That was the one that my friend said, Hey, listen to this. Okay. And that's my go-to. That's their hands down their best album. Okay. And is there any songs that are they still together? Are they still touring? They are, they just finished up a tour. Their original vocalist left the band. So they got this new guy in. So there's, they've been on like a little hiatus recently, but I think they're going to be touring again next year. Okay. And with the new guy, with the new singer. Sure. So I'm definitely yeah. interested. Is, to... yeah. And are there songs that you're chasing that you want to hear them done live that you haven't heard yet? That I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything off of their newest album. Okay. So that would be cool. Cause I think their newest album is Genexus and it is definitely number two, as far as quality goes and, and okay. song construction and all of that. So I have yet to hear any of those songs played live. So I think that would be, yeah, something I'm, I'm cool. looking forward to. That's yeah. very cool. So you mentioned that your latest series is about witches. Tell me a little bit about it. Okay. So basically, are you familiar with American Horror Story? Yeah, I'm yeah, familiar, yes. Okay, so American Horror Story, the way it's set up is each season is a different theme, but they're all, right. all connected, right? So that's like how my Blood Witch series is. It's about witches who are just looking to open up the portal to hell and let the old gods and old demons come on earth and reign supreme, right? That's like the ultimate goal in a nutshell. It's okay. obviously more involved than that. Yeah. But each book is a standalone. Like I said before, it could be read in any order and it follows each witch on his or her journey throughout time of how they're going to try to get this portal opened up. And they're all based on actual events in history. Oh, okay. So I take the real elements of things that happen that are familiar and I make that the backdrop to what's happening within the story. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very cool. So have you had memorable interactions with your fans? Do you have some stories you want to share? It's always, I do a lot of conventions, right? I, sure. I do like the convention circuit, a lot of book signings, a lot of horror shows. I haven't really ventured outside of Florida 
Okay. Just because of the job and, and home sure. life situation, whatever. But that's coming. Like I'm, I'm eventually yeah. going to branch out to other states or whatever. But I do a lot of horror conventions. So I'm a familiar face. So people okay. will walk by my table and be like, oh, I know you were at the last show. And I'll be like, yeah. Um, I love when I get somebody who like runs up to my table and was like, oh, I saw on social media that you were going to be here. And I saw you at such and such show like five months ago when I bought the first book and I read it and I loved it. And now I'm here for book number two and I'm here for book number three and I'm here for, you know what I mean? And it's, I just wanted to see you. And that to know that people are reading the words that I wrote and are having an effect from them. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It's a really cool feeling to have that. When I have a real good friend named Tom Zoller, who does romantic superhero romantic comedies in comic book form and i we had become friends and so often for a while he was coming to conventions in dallas and i would go with him and i try to go to dragon con is whenever i can and he's there at dragon con atlanta great convention one of the best in the world and and we talked about there was nothing better than he'd be in Dallas and someone would come up and exactly say that you were here last year and you, I bought the book. Do you have anything new? And he's like, yeah, one of our best moments. And I say we, because I was sharing it with him, but this, it was a couple and it was very clear that the female part of the relationship was there just because he wanted to go. She had that bored look like, I really like him, but he's going through this weird phase. (laughs) I have no interest. And, And Tom and I pitched and she said, okay, that sounds interesting. I'll take an issue. And so of course the boyfriend's thrilled, right? Oh, she's buying a comic. She's on board. She's on board. And so he moused, thank you. (laughs) The next day, he came back without her. He goes, she didn't come today. She wants her everything. She loved it. Give me everything else you have. She says, I've got to read more of the series. And Tom and I looked at each other. I said, okay, that's a good moment. That's, that you can, yes, it's amazing to have a lot of sales and critical acclaim. But when you have somebody who says, oh, I don't like horror, or I don't like fan- dark fantasy, and they come back and go, Maria, I really liked this. Yeah. Tell me more. That's got to be Give me feeling. more. Yeah, yeah me more. I love it. I love yeah. it. Do your students read your books sometimes? They do. Oh, yeah, they do. I actually had one girl, she said, oh, I finished The Cool Elf, and the library doesn't have the second book. And I was like, all right, baby, I got you. Yeah, I got you. you. Order in a copy. And she's like, okay, you have to just tell me what. And then she's asking questions like, no, you read the book. Then we'll talk. Yeah. But yeah, no, they do. They do. That's cool. That's good. Do you ever get feedback that they read the Elf series and they go to the stronger stuff and go, whoa, I was surprised? No, because I keep the witches books under wraps. Like I never talk about them. Okay. Because of the adult nature, like I don't even want the kids to know that those books exist. Yes. But so they'll read, I've had a couple of kids, they read the coal elf and then they're like, they'll go to the altered and they're like, okay, because I like zombies better. It's more intense or whatever. 
and they like it because they feel like, oh, it's I'm reading something more adult. Oh, Mr. Vivo said the F word on page 34. Yeah. The one one and only time I say the F word. But meanwhile, in the witches, it's like sex, drugs, rock and roll. And it's yeah. only, but. Yeah, that's great. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> but they, you know, they do. They read my good. tame good. stuff. All right. So at this point, you're focused on finishing your witches series, correct? Yes. yes. All right. I'd love to have you come back when you're ready to explore what's the next phase in your literary career. Of course. I come back whenever you want me. I'm here. I love it, Maria. All right. Um, This has been so much fun. I I appreciate the time. I I feel like we could talk all night. Oh my God. Um, I know, right? Yeah. All right. I, I'm get. We're going to end with a Mary question. Then I'm going to let you tell everyone how you can find your books and reach out to you. But Jay Armstrong was an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. And when he was, in fact, he was similar to you. He started an organization called Ride On, Fight Fight On, where he had his students work on writing and doing. He does a lot of work with his students to write. It's in high school. But his honors English classes, when they were seniors, he would give them all the lyrics to Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen, and they would break it down as if it was a poem. And then they would talk about the imagery Bruce uses. They would talk about the themes he explores. They compare it to like the Robert Frost, Road Not Taken, and other American poets. And then at the end of the day, he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? So first, as a teacher, don't, wouldn't you love to be in that class? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maria, your question is, does Mary get in the car? Okay, so there's no wrong answer to this, That right? is absolutely correct. Okay. There is no correct. In fact, I've started changing when I email my potential guest. I've started saying, the instead of the question is, I want your opinion, does Mary get in the car? Yeah. Okay. I think she does. Okay. And I have to be honest. Sure. When I had, I listened to the song a couple of times and, um, I'm deaf. I have, I'm half deaf in my right ear. Okay. So when I listen to music, sometimes it's hard for me to understand the lyrics, especially if it's not like that, kill your mother, kill your father kind of music, because right. that I can hear it. You know what I mean? When it comes to, I feel like when it comes to the Bruce Springsteen, Johnny Cash, uh, John Mellencamp, uh, yeah. Neil Young, like the, the storyteller singer yeah. songwriters, I have a really hard time hearing, like literally okay. hearing it. Okay. So I printed out the lyrics. So I'm ahead of you. I, I'm reading it, and the thoughts that went through my head, and this kind of circles back to me being like different than everybody else. I got like a really different vibe than what I think is supposed to be given. I felt like the narrator was very stalker-ish. He says, Mary's the dress. And he like, like as if he's watching her from a distance and he's like stalking her. Mary's not very pretty either, right? Mary does is not very good looking. That is one of the reasons why my wife says that she doesn't get in the car because he calls her ugly. <laughs> yeah. She's, right? She's, wait a minute, why... I don't, hell no, I'm not getting the car with you. You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. F you, buddy. Yes. But I don't think, I don't think Mary has a choice. I think he's taking her. 
in the car. Mm, okay. And he's going to, and she actually might be a little okay with this at first because all the other guys that have gone away and got away and all that, and maybe she's not getting a lot of attention. And here he is. He's like, yeah, you're not pretty, but you're all right. And, you yeah. know, come take that ride with me, baby. Yeah. I think she goes. I think okay. she goes. And I don't think it's going to end up well for her. Okay. So I love that answer. Uh, <laughs> I I love that answer. I just love that answer because it's a different perspective. So I just got a you. creepo vibe. I got a creepo vibe. I got you. Total creepo vibe. Yeah. Now, I always say that to defend the narrator, I feel that Mary is always talking bad about herself, saying, mm -hmm. I'm not attractive. I'm not, no one would want me. I'm, I'm old. I'm washed up or no one. And so he's doing the acknowledgement of sales. Hey, you, you say you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. But I'm no hero either. So sure. I do that in my mind to say, no, he isn't calling her ugly. He's just trying to convince her. So that sure. is amazing. All right, Maria, if someone wants to reach you and find your work, what's the best way? I'm all over social media. But if you want to get everything in one spot, you're going to go to mariadevivo.com. Absolutely. That is perfect. All right. I want to thank you for a couple of things. One, reminding me that I need to read The Outsiders. Two, yes. I now want to know the story of why is are the elves slaves to Santa having to work in the coal mine? Or is that just their tradition? I don't want to know. I want to figure this out myself. And, and are they... I love when a series is the idea of people we think are the villains. First off, every good villain is a hero in their own story, right? Absolutely. But I love when there's the twist that I'm just doing my side of what's supposed to be done. In my own way, I'm just, I'm, if there isn't that counterbalance, things go wrong. So I have to do my job. And I remember there was this really... Yeah, I just, I love that premise. So I'm going to definitely check out that trilogy. So I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Thank listeners, go to the website, check out the books, sign up for her newsletter. If you're going to be in a convention in Florida and Maria's there, go by and give her a hug and tell her that Jesse sent you. Listen to some loud music and- Fear Factory, baby. Yeah, Fear Factor. There we go. <laughs> Maria, thank you so much. This was a joy. Uh, Thank you. I had such a good time. I am glad. You are welcome anytime. Listeners, go. Remember to be kind, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. 
My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast, with my brother in time, Charles Gags. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Fed Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.